Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Hello friends, welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm Tom, and it's a pleasure to have your company here tonight. This evening's story is about a house in Austin, Texas, which was built many years ago. The house was well-loved and held so much charm that someone decided to make it new again. It's a really sweet story, written by Adrian and read by Heather. In order to keep bringing you new episodes of Get Sleepy each and every week, we rely on the amazing support of our premium subscribers. So, if you're enjoying the show and you feel you're getting a lot of value from it, and if you're in a position to do so, of course, it would mean the world to have your support too. In return, Get Sleepy Premium gives you access to our entire catalogue of well over 500 full-length episodes, dating right back to when we started the show in 2019. And they're all entirely ad-free, so you can listen without interruption. And that's not all. As a premium supporter, you'll receive a brand new bonus episode every single Thursday. Tomorrow's premium bonus is a delightful tale about a relaxing picnic in a park, which I'll be reading. So I hope you'll be able to join me there. If you'd like to give premium a try, but want to be sure it's for you before committing, remember that you have a seven-day free trial to begin with, and you can cancel any time. For more information, visit getsleepy.com support, or just follow the link in the show notes. Thank you all so much. Now, my friends... Before we begin tonight's story, all about a charming home built in the 1950s, I invite you to take a moment to reflect on something positive from your own past. Think of something that reminds you of your childhood or of another happy period of your life. It could be a toy, a decoration, or anything else. Visualize this object for a moment. How does it make you feel? Perhaps it gives you a feeling of warmth and happiness, a sense of comfort and nostalgia. 
Hopefully it brings back some wonderful memories for you. It's good to intentionally think about the past every now and then. To reflect on what we've learned and experienced. You can do this through simple, everyday practices. Maybe it's reading a passage from an old book, or preparing a meal you've made countless times before. Whatever it is, hopefully you can recognize the old as something to be treasured. Now, close your eyes and make sure you're comfortable wherever you are. Take a nice deep breath in and let it out. Just sense your body relaxing further and further into the support of your bed with each passing moment. Now that you're feeling relaxed and comfortable, I'll make way for Heather as we begin tonight's story. The year was 1952, and the location was just outside of downtown Austin, Texas. This area was attracting artists, musicians, and educators who enjoyed a thriving metropolitan atmosphere, but needed a bit more peace and quiet. The first street in the newly developed neighborhood was called Sunrise. Rachel was 10 years old when she moved there. Her father, a linguistics professor at the university, had bought the very first property on Sunrise Street, an empty lot. He hired a builder, a good friend from high school, to design and build a practical dwelling. Rachel's childhood home was single-story and constructed like a bomb shelter. It was low to the ground with a brick exterior and a metal roof, so it was indestructible. There were three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and an open concept kitchen that extended into the living room. The design was mid-century and not exactly modern, 
until it was purchased in 2018. The new owner bought it directly from Rachel, who had inherited the property and kept it as an investment. Throughout the years, she leased it to students, to business professionals with families who needed to be close to downtown. At the age of 77, Rachel decided she was ready to sell. Of course, the home on Sunrise Street was where all her childhood memories were born, and she would have loved to have kept it in the family. But there was too much upkeep. Shane was the perfect buyer. He was a renovation pro with a vision. When the two exchanged keys and the deed, he told Rachel she was welcome to stop by any time she'd like. This home was not a property to flip, or in other words, Shane did not buy Rachel's home to remodel it and to sell to someone else for a profit. He was actually going to make it his personal home. He loved the neighborhood and its proximity to a thriving downtown scene. Rachel thanked Shane for the open invite, yet she wasn't sure she wanted to see the property in a different aesthetic. But a number of years later, Rachel changed her mind. She just had to see what Shane had done to her family's home. Did he alter the structure or add to it? Or did he even tear it down? Rachel needed to know for peace of mind. She felt compelled to see her old house in a new light. So, on a lovely warm spring day, she drove to Sunrise Street. The drive was so familiar giving Rachel a twinge of wistfulness in her stomach. She cruised by oak trees that had grown since the last time she'd saw them. And she went by her favorite 24-hour diner, where she used to sip on chocolate malts. And then there was the gas station where she used to buy strawberry taffies. After parking in the driveway where her father had taught her how to ride a bike, Rachel got out of her car and took a deep breath. The air smelled exactly as she remembered, like jasmine blossoms and freshly cut St. Augustine grass. 
Rachel brushed her hands against her long floral skirt and straightened the collar of her coordinating blouse. She patted the white curls on her head and adjusted the strand of pearls around her neck. Then Rachel slowly walked toward her former beloved residence. Much to her delight, the exterior had not changed other than the color. Back in the 1980s, the brick needed a paint job and Rachel's mother chose a creamy butterscotch. Rachel had never liked that color. Now, the house was a rich steel gray with windows trimmed in black. Quite an upgrade, Rachel decided. It was trendy and modern without being over the top. It took her some time to walk up to the front door. She didn't move as quickly as she used to, and she needed a moment to acknowledge she was a visitor on the property, not the owner anymore. When she was ready, Rachel approached the front door and rang the bell. Luckily, Shane was home. He graciously welcomed her inside. Please come in, he said with a twinkle in his friendly blue eyes. I was hoping you'd eventually show up. I'd love to walk you through everything that's changed here. Rachel felt the need to apologize for not calling first. She didn't have Shane's phone number, but obviously she knew the address. It's not a problem, he said, motioning for her to follow him. His plans for the day were just canceled, and he'd love to show Rachel his craft. Marveling at the entryway, Rachel stepped inside her former residence. Right away, she knew she was going to like every room, every update, and every thoughtful touch. Somehow, Shane was able to preserve the essence of her family's home while modernizing it at the same time. The tour started in the kitchen. Everything was soft, white, and modern. Back when it was new, Rachel's father proudly built the cabinetry out of light maple wood. Rachel could still smell the wood shavings from time to time. 
The upper cabinets had black metal hinges and knobs, while the lower cabinets had long handles. All of it had been removed and the layout reconfigured. It's much more open now, Rachel thought out loud. She especially loved the marble top island that had replaced the old laminate countertops. I kept your father's cabinetry, said Shane. They were clearly custom built, and the wood grain had so much character. The cabinets must have taken him a long time to construct. I couldn't let all that hard work go, so they're in one of my rental properties now. It made Rachel so happy to know her father's work lived on in another home for another family to enjoy. She had such fond memories of reaching into those cabinets for baking supplies. With her mother, she'd make fresh oatmeal chocolate chip cookies for the whole neighborhood. They were always a crowd pleaser. As she reminisced about the cookies, Rachel turned toward the kitchen window. It was exactly where it had always been, overlooking the backyard. She looked out for a moment to take in the view. The treehouse is still there, said Rachel, delighted. You've kept it. Shane smiled coyly, then he explained that the treehouse was the main reason he'd bought the property. He had always wanted one as a boy. I reconstructed the stairs, he said. They were a bit wobbly. Rachel laughed. The original stairs were almost as old as she was. There was a structure near the treehouse that Rachel didn't recognize. It's an outdoor shower, said Shane when he saw the inquisitive look on her face. Rachel had never heard of such a thing. The big yard attracts so many birds, squirrels, and butterflies, Shane said. And they're so active in the morning, as you probably remember. Now, I get a better view of all that nature going on around here. Oh, yes, said Rachel. The butterflies were always my favorite. She took a moment, resting her hand on her heart as she envisioned her childhood friends chasing monarch butterflies. 
night, they would run after fireflies while their parents played card games inside the house. She truly had the best memories of growing up here. Rachel told Jane that her critter-capturing jars were kept in a utility closet off the kitchen. Did you keep that closet by chance? She asked him eagerly. Shane didn't answer with words. Instead, he pointed in the direction where the closet used to be. So Rachel walked over and opened the door. Lo and behold, it was no longer a utility space. Instead, it was the most whimsical powder room she had ever seen. There was colorful, jungle-themed wallpaper. Monkeys, lemurs, lizards, and toucans danced all over the walls. An elegant pedestal sink sat below a large oval-shaped mirror and a crystal chandelier dangled from the ceiling. Magical, thought Rachel. It's a bit bold, I know, said Shane. And it was bold indeed. But Rachel couldn't stop smiling. She felt like she was in a dreamland. And it was only the second room she'd seen so far. Show me more, said Rachel. Next up on the tour was the dining room. As soon as Rachel walked in, she noticed how small she felt, just like she did as a girl. Either I didn't grow very much, or this room got bigger, said Rachel. That's when Shane suggested Rachel look up. So she did, and she discovered the ceiling had been vaulted. This gave the dining area a much grander look and feel. The walls around it had been knocked down as well, removing the separation between the kitchen, dining, and living areas. Rachel admired the open concept. She remembered that years ago, it had been important to have as many rooms as possible. Rachel told Shane that everyone had wanted more back then, more rooms in their houses, more grass in their yards, and more money in their bank accounts. I always believed less is more, Rachel said. She loved the new dining room. It 
was outfitted with a long rectangular table with a polished black veneer and steel legs. And there were eight dining chairs, all upholstered in light gray velvet. The style wasn't modern, but it wasn't vintage either. It fell somewhere in between. Rachel thought, what a lovely space for big family dinners and holiday get-togethers. And as if Shane was reading her mind, he said, I don't have my own family yet. For now, this is a great space to entertain friends. They come over every Sunday night for dinner. Rachel offered a smile. She'd never had a family of her own either. Just wonderful friends that were practically family. And that was perfect for her. Next, she asked about the flooring. It looked like wood, but it didn't feel like wood underneath her feet. Years ago, the floor had been covered in carpet. It was wall to wall in every room. The color was avocado green. The pile was short. And there was a slight leaf pattern embossed onto it. Rachel had replaced the green with high pile cream-colored carpet in the living and dining rooms and a basic pile in tan for the bedrooms. She remembered that there was just a slab of concrete under the carpet. Now it turned out the new flooring was porcelain tile manufactured to resemble wood. Rachel asked a reasonable question. Why not use the material it's supposed to resemble? Shane told her he preferred the look of natural lumber planks for flooring, but wanted something more durable. Wood floors needed to be refinished every decade or so, depending on the species. The porcelain tiles were also a more sustainable, eco-friendly option than wood. Rachel happily accepted this upgrade. Right next to the dining room was the living room. Shane had removed the wood paneling from the walls and refinished them with an ultra-smooth, untextured drywall. He called the lack of texture a museum finish. The color on the walls was a calming shade of light gray, so pale it was nearly white. 
The baseboards were the same color, only in a glossy finish. He'd omitted any trim at the top of the walls to make the ceilings appear higher than they actually were. The furniture in the living room was a mix of modernized 1950s and something one might see at a tropical resort. I call it mid-century cabana, Shane explained. I don't think it's a real thing, but it's hard for me to stay within the confines of one interior design style. Rachel looked around, taking in the palm tree in the corner, the emerald green lounge chair with clean lines and walnut feet, and the camel-colored leather sofa. It was all neatly arranged on a tropical print rug that took up most of the room. Rachel got the sense that Shane drew his design inspiration from warm, sunny vacations. She could have sat and relaxed there all day, but there was more to see. Rachel was the most curious to see her old room. It was where her imagination blossomed and her love of painting sparked. Her mother had decorated the bedroom in yellow. Back then, sunflower curtains hung from the windows. Her bedding was off-white and decorated in tiny embroidered stars. And the pillow shams never matched. Rachel wasn't sure what was so difficult about coordinating yellows. Then again, she had never asked her mother about her decor choices. She just snuggled into those cozy, mismatched pillows every night. Her father built a writing desk and painted it white. It was just her size, with one drawer in the middle for pencils and open cubbies on either side for books. Next to it was her easel. This was her prized possession, a Christmas present from grandmother. It was always a mess with paint globs here and there, and sometimes on the carpet. But that easel was where Rachel's interest in art became her passion. Her bedroom was attached to a bathroom, and that same bathroom was attached to another bedroom. The builder called this bathroom style a Jack and Jill, because it was accessible from both rooms. The other bedroom, however, was used as a den, since Rachel was an only child. 
The den was where she would sit by a radio with enormous dials and listen to the nightly news with her parents. They would eventually replace the radio with a black and white television set. The Jack and Jill was quite a spectacle. The ceramic top was bubblegum pink, as was the square tile above it. The latrine and two oversized sinks were a deep mauve. Here, too, the shades clashed. The flooring was gray rectangular tiles of all different sizes, in a pattern no one could quite figure out. The vanity top was a synthetic material dyed to resemble marble with pink swirls and veining. Rachel was sure no one believed it to be actual marble. Did you leave the Jack and Jill? Rachel wondered out loud. Shane shook his head. Then he showed Rachel what he did in its place. Much to her surprise, he was able to transform the single bathroom into two separate ones. I had to remove closet space from each of the adjoining rooms to make it work, Shane explained. The two bathrooms were completely different from one another and from their pink monstrosity of a predecessor. The bathroom on the right had been updated with a glass surround shower instead of a tub. The gray floor tiles had been replaced with hexagon-shaped tiles crafted from Carrara, a genuine marble from Italy. The shower wall tiles were the same material, just rectangular in shape and laid in a subway pattern. The single sink vanity was a deep teal and finished with a bright white quartz top. The bathroom on the left was much darker. The walls were covered in penny tile, round ceramic bits the size and shape of pennies. The color was a dark chocolate brown, so dark it was almost black, and the grout between the tiles was beige to lighten the space. The sink, bathtub, and latrine were soft white ceramic, and the fixtures were matte black. Never in her wildest dreams did Rachel think that Jack and Jill bathroom would be split into two, one light, one dark. So very complimentary she thought to herself. Rachel had made sure to see that part of the house before.
before visiting her old bedroom. She'd been stalling as a flood of emotions was inevitable. She knew she'd be happy to see it again. But she would be sad too, because her room would be so different from what she remembered. Still, Rachel had always known preservation wasn't an option. The area was changing too much to maintain the status quo. Sure enough, when she stepped into her old room, Rachel felt everything. Some things about the space felt familiar, like the way the sunlight peeked through the windows, but the room also seemed so different. It's a guest room now, Shane said. I designed it after my favorite boutique hotel. And that's exactly what it felt like. A boutique hotel. There was a queen-size bed with crisp white bedding, trimmed in silver satin. Above the bed, there was a subtle, modern drumlight. And in the corner, positioned next to a metal side table, there was a low-profile, mustard-yellow chair. It wasn't exactly cozy, but then again, neither was Rachel's old room. The new space would be better described as luxuriously comfortable. Rachel felt a lump of happiness form in her throat. This room had good energy. Wonderful memories were made here, she told herself. Coming to revisit her family home was the best decision she'd made in a while. It had given her raw emotions and filled her heart with such gratitude. Are you ready for the rest? Shane asked her kindly. It's just my room and one more bathroom. Rachel nodded her head, afraid that if she spoke, her voice might crack. She followed Shane down the hallway where, years ago, she'd learned to turn cartwheels. Sometimes she'd turn 20 of them back to back, making herself dizzy with glee. When Shane opened the door to his personal bedroom, Rachel instantly felt at peace. The colors were warm, muted shades of tan and olive green, and the entire space smelled of leather and campfire. Next to his bed was a workspace with a large oak drafting table. 
Is this where you do your designing? Rachel asked. Shane shook his head. No, I just really like antiques, he explained. This table was probably used by an architect in the 50s or 60s. The adjacent bathroom was very different from her parents' ensuite back in the day. Rachel's mother had painted the walls bright green, which, not so surprisingly, did not match the carpet. Now the bathroom walls were white, and the flooring had been replaced with black and white diamond-shaped tile. Shane had added a few windows near the walk-in shower to add natural light to the space. Rachel marveled at how open it felt. I just love everything you've done so much, she said softly. Shane was so happy his renovations met Rachel's approval. He told her she was welcome back any time. Next time, she'd stay for a sweet tea on the porch, Shane suggested. Rachel replied that sounded delightful. And with that, the tour came to an end. There were no more rooms to see. Oh, I almost forgot. Shane said with a light in his eye. I found something you might like to have. Rachel's curiosity was piqued. She followed Shane back to the kitchen. He opened a drawer and pulled out a small blue container made of tin. It was a little bigger than a pack of four by six index cards and it looked like it had been through quite a lot. The paint was chipped, and the lid was dented. Rachel knew what was inside. You found my mother's recipes, she said happily. Shane nodded and handed Rachel the tin. She carefully opened it up and gasped at what was still inside. They were all there. Recipes for chicken noodle soup, green bean casserole, and baked macaroni and cheese, to name a few. At the end of the stack was the most prized recipe of them all. Rachel's mom always saved the best for last It was the chocolate chip oatmeal recipe. Baking those cookies in that house had brought so much joy to so many people in the neighborhood. Shane walked Rachel to the door, and just as she was about to leave, she turned back to him and handed over the tin. She told him the house deserved those old recipes. 
knowing that there would be the warmth and aroma of making the same things to enjoy in the same home would bring Rachel such joy. Shane gladly took the tin and assured Rachel that he and his friends would have a get-together as soon as possible. We'll make memories here, he said. I promise to honor this space and honor the family who originally made 